Welcome back to the What's Your One More podcast. Today is our 61st episode. Super stoked to talk about the Fed now. And the reason I want to bring this up is we just recently had an episode with Eric McDonald, you know, the CEO of CoinLine, and we kind of got in a little bit of a topic discussion about Fed now versus the Fed coin. And then as of recently, the news has been talking about this tremendously, and I'm starting to see it all over social media. But what I'm seeing is the confusion of what Fed now really is. And it kind of sparked my interest, and I started digging into it. And I was like, wait a minute, we've got this all wrong. And and the reason we might have it all wrong is because I think this is a tremendous benefit. You know, I'm coming from the banking system. That's my background. I see the immediate benefits in this, but then I see a tremendous consumer benefit in this as well. And I think because we're in a digital currency age, if you may, and, and let me kind of preface the statement, digital currency in the aspect of, you know, some can use digital currency to pay for things. Uh, you can use Bitcoin to pay for things. So that there is a, it's not necessarily a currency, but you can use it in the form of a currency. And we also have other currency payments that are digital. I mean, let's face it, Venmo, Apple Pay, PayPal, Zelle, the list goes on and on. That is a form of digital payment. But Fed Now, what I like about Fed Now is that Fed Now gives us the opportunity to embrace that 24-7, 365 environment. Because the reality is, in the crypto world, a couple of things that are happening in the crypto world particularly is that, let's say you execute some sort of, um, how can I say it? Let's say you execute a trade and you want to liquidate that trade in Friday, let's say Friday evening, 4 o'clock. You're not going to get your money until Monday. You can liquidate it. You can have it sit in an account, but the money's not going to make its way to your bank account until Monday. Why is that? Well, that's because the Fed wires are not allowing any more transactions to take place between 4 o'clock on Friday and really 8 a.m. on Monday. Now, there is this pause that takes place, and there's also this kind of state of the unknown, especially in that digital currency and that digital crypto space. There is that state of well, why can't I get my money in my checking account? Why can't I get my money in my savings account? And that's because the Fed wires aren't open. Fed now allows for that to happen because Fed now is going to emulate and bridge that gap for the 24-7, 365. I think it's super important because I think it, it, it allows to kind of filter some of that uncertainty and then also allows for the true transactions to take place around the clock. And that is a big win. And it comes at a very low cost and actually borderline minimal cost. But I think there is some confusion because right now, it's being kind of thought of as a, as a digital space for, for money and the elimination of the USD. And that's not correct. That's, that's actually not the premise of it at all. I think a lot of people are getting confused. Um, the central bank digital currency, which is also recalled uh, CBDC, that's kind of the acronym for it. But by no means is that what's happening here. Um, you know, even Powell himself, Jerome Powell, uh, acknowledged that for us to even think about creating any type of, you know, um, currency that is a central bank digital currency, that has to be a congressional approval uh, that has to take place. Is it something that they're willing to entertain? Sure, but that is years down the road. That is not weeks down the road. It's definitely not on the launch of July 1st, which is going to be the Fed now. So those two things don't go together. And also Fed now is not the elimination of the current USD. Think about this. Right now when we go to make payments, um, let's say Charlie, my producer, he went and bought something. I need to reimburse him. He's going to send me some sort of Venmo account to reimburse him with or some sort of Apple Pay, PayPal, et cetera, if he wants that money instantaneously. Otherwise, we could cut him an expense check and he would get that back. Well, you're already using 
you know, digital currency in between those platforms on there. The only difference with those platforms is there's limitations. Uh, I believe, you know, Venmo, I believe, has a cap at like 2500 per transaction. I think Apple has a cap of how much you can actually keep in your Apple Cash account. Uh, I think when I researched it, you can't have more than 15000 in an Apple Cash account. Now, obviously, why would you? But that's the cap. And then PayPal has its own caps. And then all of those come with the opportunity to be taxed on that money that's being sent via the IRS. So there are some there are some things that go with that. Well, with Fed now, you can send a hundred thousand dollars. That's your instant limitation is a hundred thousand dollars, and the banks can increase your limitations just like they do your ATM withdrawals. They can increase it up to five hundred thousand dollars. Now, obviously, you know when you're paying someone, you know, uh, 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 in this case, like you're paying someone to reimburse them for debt, those limits are way beyond uh, anything that you need. But let's take it a step further. Let's say you were going to purchase an item or you were going to make a payment to a contractor or something big, a car, et cetera. You may get into those those tens of thousands of dollars that you need to do that. And the opportunity cost for that right now is to put it on a credit card where obviously as the credit card vendor, excuse me, owner, you're, you're paying with a credit card. That money's instantly left your credit card account. But that doesn't necessarily mean this, the receiver of that money, the, the person that you're paying, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's uh, a retail store, or in this case that I was using the contractor, they don't get that money instantaneously. It takes a couple of days for it to hit their account. And then it comes with a fee. Sometimes, you know, whatever the credit card company chooses to charge, that's the fee that's associated with it. Well, with Fed now, that fee is hardly nothing. And that money arrives instantaneously to the retailer. So think about, think about how that kind of moves and, and really helps businesses get more money coming in quicker and get, and not have to float. There's not a float that's there. And that's a really big thing. And that trickles down to payroll because now people can get paid faster too. There's just a lot of benefits with that Fed now that shows up that we hadn't seen before. Now, if I'm looking at it from a consumer's angle, let me kind of back up and give you some things that, that I realize as a consumer happened to me, and I'm sure they happen to you too. Let's say I buy something online. And when I make that purchase online, it's an instantaneous payment to the online vendor. Now, as I just described, they may take a couple of days to get that back, but it's an instantaneous payment to them. What happens when I get my item and it's not what I wanted and I want to return it? Well, when I go to return that, I have to package the item back up, receive the UPS label, send it. And then you get this nice notification here that says, hey, we've, we'll let you know once we receive your order and then it's being processed. And then we get it and it goes, oh, your return, your return has been uh, processed and is being evaluated. Oh, your return is uh, completed. It'll take three to five days to hit your account. So all of that may have taken like eight days in the process, right? But most of that's going to remain in place except that last portion that says it'll be refunded to your account in the next three to five days. Well, no, now it's going to be returned instantaneously because they don't need that processing time for that to be returned and sent back. That's an instantaneous return back to the consumer. Same thing on your check card. If you ever buy something on your check card, you notice sometimes there's a hold or there is a, um, a, a return that comes back slower than what you purchased it at. Now that can be instantaneous right back to you. And as a consumer, if you've used Zelle before to move money in between accounts of different uh, financial institutions, you now can use FedNow to do that starting July 1st. And the really great thing about FedNow is it's just not to the retailers. It's just not to uh, the small businesses and large businesses. It's going to be open to all the banks and all the credit unions as well. And they'll have the ability to take advantage of that. So I see some things growing beyond this point. 
Because you look at wire transfers, you look at ACHs. Well, you know, when companies have to do an ACH, which is usually done in payroll batches, right? You know, if you're using a large company like ADP to do an ACH, there's an expense that goes along with that. And it's a massive expense. Uh, A lot of employers don't disclose that, but that is a large charge to do an ACH batch. Now, if an employer has to do a special ACH badge, um, and that can happen sometimes when uh, maybe maybe an employee you know turned in something late and needs to get paid, et cetera, it could happen anytime. There's an excruciating charge that goes to do a special ACH. Now all of that can be eliminated, and it can be more streamlined, and that actually trickles down to the consumer as an extreme benefit. And that's something that I think is a huge win in the Fed now rollout as of July 1st. The other thing I think on this is that when you look at um, when you look at Venmo, PayPal, Apple Pay, et cetera, I don't think by any means this is the elimination of them. I think those are just extreme functionalities people are going to continue to use because we've adapted to it over the last you know handful of years. It's something that you use all the time. However, they do have those limitations I spoke about, and I do think from a security standpoint, I think you know. While they're all very secure in their own right, I do think there are limitations on that security, whereas the Fed now is going to be, I think, a very higher level of security, maybe even the ultimate level of security. And then you're going to have the people on the side that go, yeah, but the government sees everything I'm doing when it goes through, you know, the banking system. I mean, really? If if the government wants to see what you're doing, they're going to see what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're doing it on Venmo. It doesn't matter if you're doing it on Apple, PayPal, et cetera. It doesn't matter if you're using cash. They're going to know what you're spending money on. There's always a trackable method to that. Now, whether you want to acknowledge that or or you you feel good about that, it's always going to be there. But I will tell you that Fed now has the implications to be one of the superior transfer systems for digital money if you want to use it that way, right? And so when I say digital money, let me back up. Your cash is in the bank. When you make a transfer, that's digital. When you pay someone out of your checking account and that money is sent from an online system, that goes out digital. It doesn't mean it's a digital dollar. It's just a digital form of payment. It's kind of like a mobile deposit. You have a physical check in front of you. You make the deposit. Now that becomes a digital deposit. So I just want to make sure I'm clear with that when I state that. Yo, thank you so much for choosing us today. We're definitely not done with our podcast, but we are going to take a really short sponsor break and then we'll get right back to the show. I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. And the team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family. And I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender, and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com. www.boemortgage.com. Because it's more than loans, it's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right, now back to the podcast. Now, The last thing I want to touch on here is that, you know, when I look at Zelle, I think Zelle has been a great, um, it's been a great bridge between what we didn't have and what we needed. 
I think Fed now could replace Zell. I think that is absolutely what might happen here. And I think that the Fed now has a great opportunity to step up and be something even bigger. The possibilities of it are endless because right now as, an, as a banking institution, most banks are going to be closed on Saturday. Some are open in the morning, 8 to 12. It doesn't mean the Fed's open. So there's no wire transfers taking place. Um, there's there's no um, uh, intermediate funds being transferred at all during that time. And so I think this poses the opportunity for transfers to take place through the banking system on Saturdays and on Sundays. And that's a big win for the consumer again. And I think it's something that is going to continue to morph into other opportunities. I think what we could see come down the road is the elimination of wire fees. We could see the elimination of ACH fees. Like all of this could go away. And again, ultimately the consumer wins on that. And then the last thing, maybe not the elimination, but the reduction, right, of those fees. And then the last thing is down the road, this isn't immediate, but down the road, if you're in real estate, whether you're an agent or whether you're a buyer or a seller or a mortgage lender, how many times have you been up against the, you know, the, the pressure of closing a deal on Friday afternoon, Friday in general? And, and, and we get it. Like that needs to happen because ultimately if you close a purchase on Friday, what does the buyer want to do? they want to move in on Saturday and Sunday. They got the weekend off. They want to get as settled as they can get before they go in on a Monday. You know, and as we approach the Memorial Day holiday right now, it's a three-day weekend. So there's a huge push to get stuff done by Friday, the 20, um, the 26. What I look at on this is an opportunity to where this may alleviate that problem. Because now down the road, down the road, right? This isn't going to be in the first run. This may be after a year or two. We could see an opportunity to where real estate transactions could happen on a Saturday. Now, some people are gonna go, Q, I do not wanna be closing loans on a Saturday and a Sunday. I understand that. But if the deal can't get done on a Friday because something was to happen, there's gonna be an opportunity to fund on a Saturday now. And that opportunity doesn't exist in today's world. So now the ability to make an exception or the ability to help a buyer out, which ultimately is what you're trying to do in that case, you can do that. And that is a huge win and a great opportunity. Think about if you're doing a refinance. If the refinance comes out of rescission on a non-funding day, like a Saturday, you got to wait to get your funds on a Monday. Well, now you might get your funds on a Saturday. And all of that's taken care of. Um, huge win. Title companies, title companies will be able to participate in Fed now. That's a huge win for them too, especially when they're doing check cutting. You know, there may not have to be check cutting anymore. They may be able to ACH and send the money directly to where it needs to go. That reduces cost. That's more trackable. You don't have to worry about the mail system. You don't have to worry about checks sitting, not getting to where they need to go. I mean, there's just there's huge implications of this that are beneficial and can take place. And so I see this as the ultimate victory, if you may, um, for the consumer. And I want to continue to say that because I think the consumer benefits from this. And as a consumer, I'm not scared of it. I'm actually embracing it and super excited and can't wait to see it roll out on July 1st and what kind of comes of it. But a couple of questions that, you know, I went to look at recently because I mentioned earlier I was online and some things that I saw on here that were kind of interesting was, you know, is Fed now going to replace PayPal, Apple, Venmo? As I talked about, no, that's not going to happen. Um, that's not even in the deck of cards here because of those two systems are completely different. You know, um, you know, are banks going to participate in Fed now? Absolutely. 
banks and credit unions will participate at what level that's yet to be determined. Um, but it's, it's absolutely going to be there. You know, who is going to use Fed now? Obviously, it's going to be depository institutions, banks, credit unions, and end users will obviously be consumers as well. Um, and will the, this is a good one, will the blockchain use Fed now? Um, it's interesting because this is, this is not a, um, this is not a crypto, um, experiment or, or a crypto philosophy. However, it'll be available on the, uh, the, you know, the, the meta blockchain, if you may, um, it'll be connected to that, but, uh, it's not, um, uh, excuse me, metal blockchain. It's not, it's not there to be used in the same space as, um, how can I say it, uh, Ethereum or um, uh, Bitcoin, et cetera, et cetera, altcoins or Bitcoins. So it's separate, separate systems completely. Will paper money go away from this? You know, cash is always going to be there. The physical cash paper system is always going to be there. I don't think this is a ploy to detour that. I don't think it's a ploy to cut back on the amount usage of cash. Uh, clearly, this is set up to offer a 24-7, 365 opportunity for each consumer for their money. And if anything, think about the banking system, what's recently happened here with SVB and Signature Bank. You know, when people went to go get their money, the biggest problem they were told was we don't have your money. We don't have the funds to give you because people wanted cash, right? How nice, how great would that have been to say, you know what? Fed now will send the money. We're going to liquidate some assets. We'll send the money uh, instantaneously. I'm not saying that could have prevented SBV. That wouldn't have prevented Signature Bank. It wouldn't have prevented, you know, First Republic's situations. However, it could have alleviated some of the pain. And things that that took uh, hours to unfold could have been addressed in minutes. And I think you wouldn't have seen the picture of consumers lined up around the blocks of these banks and creating that mass hysteria that we saw online. That could have been a big win due to the FedNow system and the opportunities that were there. So again, I don't see cash going away. Um, and again, I don't see... Um, I don't, I don't see the, this being deployed as an elimination. I think this is being offered as a byproduct of how to service our basically depositors and business, small businesses and consumers at a much higher level than what we've seen before in the past. And then, uh, like I said, endless scroll of questions on here. But the last one that I'll address on here is, um, you know, what what is the timeline for Fed now? And the launch date is July 1st, um, and I think you'll see it. Many, inf many information coming from your banking system to you as a consumer on the ability of how to use that as well as to small businesses and to other um, opportunities that are going to be out there for the FedNow system here. But it's something to definitely take a look at. Um, and in my opinion, again, great victory, big win here. And I look forward to uh, further you know, information about it and usage of it. And I'm sure we'll talk about it from time to come on this show. Uh, again, guys, if you like what you're hearing, five-star the show. Share it with friends and family. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and Google Podcasts. Obviously, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, we're getting a lot, a lot of feedback on that. Really appreciate it. But if you're not part of it, subscribe, check it out. And uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on there as well. Thanks again for tuning in the show. I got one more